1: It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let take good time in. Tomorrow's gonna be better.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and this is the show that you know, that we talk to the characters, curmudgeons, and carefree souls that make the game of golf something fun and interesting for all of us All of us who uh, really enjoy it. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended, and also John Breaker and his team out of Birdie Ball there in Colorado. We appreciate that. Birdie Ball has been rated as the best uh, golf training aid. I probably didn't say that right, but uh in the last 20 years and you can check them out online at birdieball.com. Well, he's back. The big timer, our good friend Charlie reimer formerly of the Golf Channel and now the roving ambassador there for Myrtle Beach. Charlie, how are you?
2: I'm great, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm happy that we're in a uh happy that we're in a new year. So uh 2022 wasn't a lot of fun for me, but uh uh, the new year's going to be great. Uh, I know it's going to be great for me, and I hope it's good for everybody.
0: I think it will be. Well, I got a new hinge, so uh, we're going to do that. But I wanted to ask you about that. Last time we talked to you, you were just dragging your butt out of a bout with COVID. Uh, and that was pretty devastating, I know, because we talked several times about that. But then um, you had another little issue pop up.
2: Yeah, I'm through. I'm through with issues. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to let myself get anything. No, I, I was, uh, uh, going in just for regular physical. Um, oh, I guess it was probably late, middle 2021, late 21, something like that. And, uh, you know, they sent me to get the colonoscopy, which I'd had before. And, and, uh, Um, that first time woke up, Hey, you're good to go. This time it's like, yeah, we need to talk a little bit. And, uh, so, um, uh, had some issues there and it, it took a, took a while to sort of figure things out and multiple colonoscopies, different kinds of advanced things they tried to do with me. And ultimately they, they said, uh, Hey, we're going to, um, uh, we're going to have to, uh, do this thing where we take about a foot of your colon. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound so good. How much you, you know, leaving for me. And they're like, oh, you got like another 18 feet or whatever. So I'm (laughs) like, well, I feel good about that anyway. Yeah. And, and, uh, but we thought that they were, uh, doing this procedure before what I had, which was a, a pretty aggressive polyp actually turned into cancer. And, uh, So the the surgery was successful. I I had some pretty nasty complications from it. It kept me in the hospital for about 10 days. But one day there, the, my surgeon who was great, he stuck his head in the door and Oh, by the way, you got stage three colon cancer. And my wife, who's a nurse, you know, we just looked at him like, what? We thought we were getting it before, you know, it turned to cancer, but all the biopsies that we had done previously were, um, you know, they were non-cancerous. And so, uh, that led to um, some treatment. I chose to go down to MD Anderson in Houston, those people are just amazing. Yep, and um, I had unbelievable oncologists. So I told them that I hadn't been looking at anything on the internet, that I was a, uh, a fully um, compliant um, uh, patient, and I wasn't going to negotiate. And and that that my oncologist, uh, he's like. Uh, and I wish you'd tell all my patients that. And <laughs> and uh, so I did just exactly what they told me to do when they told me to do it. And and uh, so uh, the chemo, um, I, I don't know if you've ever dealt with it, but some folks had asked me about it. And I, you know, my my comment is it sucks, giant monkey balls. Um, yep. That's yep. chemo. And and uh, so anyway, uh, I'm now. Gosh, uh, sneaking up on nine months of being cancer free, uh, which is great. So all the treatments worked and, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, it'll, it'll stay away. There's no, hopefully it's going to stay away. Uh, But it's, uh, it's been a tough year and, you know, you get, you know, there's things like you get the cancer free and, and And uh, you know, I met a lot of folks. I mean, I never knew anybody that had cancer until I had it. and you, you meet you meet a lot of folks on the journey. you know, it's like golf. you meet people and
0: sure and
2: and um, you know there's all kinds of outcomes in the world of cancer and and uh, uh, you learn a lot um about yourself. I, I certainly did. and. And uh, but it it's um, you know it, it presents ongoing challenges you know like you you take the chemo most people that I know that have had chemo end up having neuropathy you know so like my feet have been numb forever and the numb you know in the afternoon turns into hurt I'm not looking for any sympathy but it does hurt and and fingertips are yep. you know pretty numb and then you know you end up having a had to get a hernia about half the people have the surgery I have end up getting a hernia so I had a alien living in my belly for a while. And, uh, when I stood up, he'd poke his head out. My wife and I call him little Charlie drew a little smiley face on there. (laughs) Sort of like, you know, Tom Hanks and that Wilson soccer ball. He was my buddy. you know. And, uh, now apparently there's some, they, they cut some, some screen out of a screen port somewhere and put that in there and little Charlie's gone. I sort of miss him, but, uh, not that much, but, um, you know, just little things like that you got to deal with. And it just, it just takes a while. And, it's emotional too. Um, you know, you just think of uh, well, cancers. is sort of like when I got COVID. I mean, I got it really early. My kid came home from college, and that—that's how I got it. And and uh, nobody knew what it was. But but um, yeah, cancers. Um, it's uh, there's uh, there ain't nothing good about cancer. I can tell you that. So uh, uh, folks that are dealing with it, uh, if you got somebody you know, reach out to them, send them a text, and. You know, I have people ask me, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to call or text. Yeah, just send somebody a text Just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. Because it means a lot to hear from folks um, when, when you're struggling uh, and especially going through that chemo or some hurts from surgeries and that sort of stuff. Right.
0: right. I know my, um, I don't know if I've ever said this on this show, but my sister beat lung cancer and brain cancer. This was 24 years ago and she's still going. Um, but she's meaner than a cut cat in a screwing contest. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> it, well, that's what it takes, right? That's what it takes. Yeah. It, yeah, I... It's tough. And, you know, we see this stuff, Charlie on, on TV. And, and when you go into your doctor's office, just for a checkup, it's always, uh, you know, you should get screened for, for colon cancer or prostate cancer you know, something with the C word attached to it. And I think most of us kind of like, maybe you do the screening, maybe you do the, the smear test or whatever. And you say, I'm good. And then you don't think about it anymore. But uh, as you said, getting, before we came on the show today, you said this getting old is kind of a bitch and yeah. And we're not that old, but it creeps up on you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it does. Well, back, back to the screening part. Uh, the latest, the latest conversation I had with with my oncologist, uh, Dr. Kopetz, out in MD Anderson, who is just, I, gosh, I mean, I couldn't ask for a better doc. You know, he's like electrical engineering from Vanderbilt and medical from Johns Hopkins. Residency at Duke. He he writes, does articles, he does interviews, uh, he he teaches while he sees patients, and so he's just incredible and uh, one of the best in the world and. And, and I asked him, I, I said, Doc, um, you know, I, I, I feel blessed that I got a good prognosis. And, and uh, um, had I not got my screening and you guys caught this early, I get the feeling that all of these conversations and treatment that I've had with you um, would have been very different and, and my options would have been limited and not very good. And I said, is that yeah. correct? He said, absolutely, that's correct. And and so and I think in particular for men, there's something embarrassing about getting a colonoscopy. And it's guys, it's it. Believe me, it's not that big a deal. And and uh, but I do recommend to get that first appointment. Um, If you get that first appointment, it gives you your best chance of having a clean pipe when they run it up in there. You know, just my take on that. Yeah. yep. (laughs) But uh, it's um, uh, it's vital to get these screenings because if they if you got an issue and they get it early, the tools available to them uh, are, are numerous. And and if, if you put it off, put it off, put it off until it's hurt or you're bleeding, the the tools available to them are very much limited, and your prognosis is going to be a lot different. So that that's just you know I feel like that's my my mission moving forward is let people know get your cancer screening you know for whatever is available whenever they say you're supposed to get it. Sure. Uh, let those screenings do their job, and they they really will save your lives. I'm convinced it saved my life.
0: Well, I'm sure it did. We're gonna take a break here on Grilling at the Green, and we're gonna be back after the break with the big timer, Charlie Reimer, right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to grilling at the green. I'm JT. And today we've got our buddy, Charlie Reimer with us. Um, you know, we're on all the platforms after it finishes on the radio, we convert it to a podcast. So you can find it on most all of the podcast platforms and it's pretty, pretty easy to find. And of course we've got Facebook and Twitter and all that jazz. But anyway, we're talking with Charlie here. Since you haven't been on the show for a while, a lot has transpired. We're going to switch from medical to golf. Um, Medical is medical. Golf, I think probably some of us need a psychological help. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but
2: wow, what I miss? Is there something going on in the world of golf <laughs> I should know about?
0: <laughs> so I just—I don't think I asked you this last time you were on the show because it was quite a while ago, but. Uh, a lot has happened with live golf and the, and the tour and even the LPGA tour. Why don't you give us the, the Charlie Reimer two minute overview, and then we'll get into some specifics.
2: Well, if I, I would have practiced a lot harder and, and played a lot more seriously. If I'd have done, there's going to be the kind of money that's available to these players now. I mean, wow. I look at some of these numbers and it's just, Astronomical um, yeah. and it's cre- creating a really generational wealth and and uh, um, I, I guess my my main observation would be that that uh, um, the whole the whole thing with the with Phil Mickelson and the Shipnuck interview and the way Phil sort of tackled it and 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 uh, got out being a little stronger Phil than even he is made the whole thing a lot nastier than maybe it would have been. And, sure. and, uh, um, having said that, it was still going to be pretty nasty. I, you know, the PGA Tour is, is, uh, uh, since its formation is all about been keeping, you know, everybody tight together. Uh, you know, we're all on the same program. It goes back to, you know, Arnold Palmer. And if you, if you acted up in a, in a pro am, it was sort of like he was a, the fraternity captain and he would talk to you, Hey, you know, we got to keep all this together. And then as a game is evolved, it it's, it's uh, the, and the money has grown. uh, It, 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 it's, it's clearly changed a lot. You you just have to market yourself as a personality if you're going to really make a lot of money. And, and even before Liv came along, you know, those days were gone because it's all about what you do on the golf course. You put yourself in a bubble and go out and play golf and doing the other things that, you know, guys like Arnold Palmer had to do or Peter Jacobson had to do to really make a lot of money. You know, that's a distraction from golf. So the game was already changing anyway. And then and then um, um, it, it's, it's pretty clear that the PGA Tour wasn't paying the players enough because somehow they've found 100 million for this and 100 million for that. So some of the points that Phil Mickelson actually made, maybe not in the best way, were actually right, because there was clearly money there that wasn't being distributed to the players. And and uh, you know so, so many things have have changed um, you know not only in golf but in, you know in sports in general I and mean, you look at name image and likeness look at what that's done for for college football and the transfer portal and all of that right. and now golf is going to be a game where it you know used to be got to make the cut to get paid and you know people got to get their head around that. Um, but every other sport, you, you know, you step on the field or the court, you get paid. Right. Right. You know, golf has never been that way. But now it's sort of, you know, coming around. And and uh, um, I, I guess the whole thing that, um, you know, beyond being jealous of what the players are making, <laughs> uh, you know, the whether you jump, jump ship or you didn't jump ship, you know, you, the amount of money that you're making is as you, you may be tripled and and uh that's that's pretty impressive but the thing that probably bothered me the most about it is you know some of the guys that said hey pga tour i'm out of here and and then they got to live and then they come back and sue the pga tour i'm like if you're gonna leave leave you know kevin na did it that way dustin johnson did it that way um um uh, you know, initially they got it right. Thank you, PGA Tour. I've got this opportunity over here. I'm going to go do this, and and they're not trying to, you know, have it both ways. And right. and I think that's that's a little bit of a problem. And and uh, um, it'll be interesting that the folks that I talk to and what I read, um, and I listen, I've always been a Greg Norman fan, but I, I wonder just if he's enjoying this a little bit more than maybe he should. Uh, you know, some sometimes <laughs> having a little vengeance rather than making good business decisions That's just a, you know an observation sure but, uh it, it's going to take a while I mean it, it's I think it's going to end up being good for fans because most of the time now when you watch golf um if live ever gets on TV you're going to be seeing more of the best players together than we've ever seen in the past I think that's going to be good for fans yeah uh, but but there'll be some things that shake out that won't be so good I'm sure as well
0: well I I you know, you made a comment earlier there about there was money available. Uh, let me tell you what I parallel that to. Where in the state where I live in Oregon, they were always years ago, they were always throwing more massive bond measures or tax increases at us and they would fail. And then three months after the election, they'd say, oh, by the way, we found one hundred million dollars sitting over here in this account that yeah. we, d- we didn't we didn't know we had. And and that'll take care of that problem. And it's kind of like, come on, guys, you know, uh, deal with this in a, an appropriate business like fashion and nobody will bitch too much. But this miraculous appearance of these large amounts of money and they say, boom, here we are. OK, we can do this now. Uh, to your point, why didn't they do that 15, 20 years ago is, you know, yeah. it's kind of got me scratching my head.
2: And I yeah, know it just doesn't yeah, it doesn't smell it doesn't smell right when they do it. and the, the other thing too is you know, technically the the players, the members on the tour. so so you know, if if you look at most of the other major league sports or all the other major league sports, you've got owners, and you've got players that are getting paid well the 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 players are the owners and And so I think a lot of times uh, staff, uh, on on in behest of the the board or the PGA tour has gotten too aggressive in what they're doing and somewhat bullied the players and 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 really, a lot of the players are asking like, well, you, you know you exist to create money to pay me. That's what you exist for. right and and that that wasn't necessarily the case. It's gonna have to be the case
0: moving forward, right.
2: you know and that in in my day, Greg Norman was number one in the world. John Daly was a big story. I mean, th- those are the guys that drove, Golf and mm-hmm. and I think that the PGA Tour um, got away from rewarding the star players um, and and had more emphasis on playing opportunities for the folks farther down the pack. Right, and and that that's clearly a strategy that that didn't work. And and I mean the PGA Tour is the ultimate and trickle down. You got to take care of the stars. And and the rest of us are the Washington generals and we get the scraps. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. And that's going to that's going to be the way it is moving forward. Good, good, bad or otherwise.
0: Yep, we're going to take another break. We're going to be back with Charlie, uh, Mr. Charlie Reimer, if you just tuned in right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and today we've got Charlie Reimer with us. If you'd like to email us, it's really simple. Just info at at net, or you can go to the website, and there's a little contact us box and all that jazz there. And we'd also like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. Charlie's had Painted Hills Natural Beef, although it's been three or four years now, but uh, I think he enjoyed that. So I recommend that highly.
2: You got that right. I got it. I got a prime brisket. I put it on my big green egg was the most expensive piece of meat I'd ever seen in my life. I, I, I was nervous that I was going <laughs> to ruin it, but I, it's pretty hard to ruin that prime painted hills brisket. I can tell you that, man, it was good.
0: Yeah, it was really good. So how's your golf game? Are you able to play now since the surgeries and stuff? Well, my grilling game
2: is better than my golf game. Uh, I, I really hadn't played much golf this year, and and um, uh, well, in 2022, I didn't I didn't play much golf, and and uh, uh, then I've I've had some more surgery in December, and and I've never gone this long really without playing golf in my whole life, and and uh, I'm I'm itching to get out there and and play. I'm gonna take a trip to Hawaii for a couple of weeks into. January and the beginning of February, the, the first week I'm taking my whole family out there. we call it the Nomo Chemo Tour, uh, <laughs> Reimer, Hawaii trip 2023, and is celebrating me beating cancer, and, and uh, I'm going to take my clubs and hopefully get a chance to play with, with my boys. I cashed in a gazillion frequent flyer miles for the trip, and then I'll stay the following week. I'll actually do a show for Golf Channel uh, that benefits children's miracle network hospitals that it caused it. I uh, believe dearly in uh, ACE hardware sponsors, it's called the ACE shootout. So hopefully we'll get to play a little golf in Hawaii and, and this hernia, uh, won't come poking out in the middle of my stomach again. So, uh, uh, you know, you, you don't you've I mean, golf something I've always been able to do. And it's always been there and you get out, and, and, and I'm to the point that I really miss it and can't wait to get back out and play a little bit.
0: a boy. I'm I'm glad to hear that for you. I had one of those little guys, um, Jeff Jr., for a while, uh, a few years ago, and they put that screen in there too and uh, made a world of difference. Because a little bugger, yeah. if he was not having a bad day, he got really sore on me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hernias are, they're real common and everybody goes, ah, like, it's no big deal. It's a like, hernia. Well, if you hadn't had one, it, it hurts. The surgery is bad it hurts for a couple of weeks. No doubt about that.
0: Yeah. And
2: I I had been able to lift more than 10 pounds and, and my wife's like, well, that's no big deal. You'll never lift more than 10 pounds anyway. She didn't (laughs) make a point. Uh, but, um, uh, swinging that golf club for the first time, it'll, it'll take a little while to trust it. I'm sure.
0: Oh yeah. And I thought, you know, like it was kind of a day surgery deal. And I got home and, um, I was all kind of trussed up like a Christmas goose, you know, and all that stuff. And they said, well, it shouldn't be too bad. I went to get up the next morning. I woke up and everything from my chest to my toes hurt, you know? Yeah. And, and they said, Oh, you'll be able to get up and move around. I thought you lion. I won't tell you what name. <laughs> I. Call-
2: <laughs> yeah. I got one of those, like a big, they call it a binder. It's a big uh, Velcro thing around yep. the middle section and, my wife's a nurse. She was helping me put it on the first day, and she's like, "You look like a pig in a blanket." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Thanks, baby."
0: Oh man. <laughs> well, yeah. one of the back to back to golf, away from Charlie's and my medical woes. Um, I'm I'm one of the things I'm kind of pleased with is the LPGA is getting a little more coverage. They're getting a little more money. We have a lpga tournament here in portland it's been around here for 50 years literally 50 years uh i'm happy to see that because um i just think the the girls need a little more coverage granted the the big tour is the big draw and i get that but some of these girls are pretty dang good sticks and uh they can whoop on you
2: yeah the quality of play on the lpga tour in terms of depth is is uh uh definitely increased uh dramatically and um from my days at at, at ESPN and then golf channel, uh I, I would probably oh, at least the first 10, 10 years or 15 years, I'd probably cover about five LPG uh, LPGA events a year. And um, you know, at, at that time there were there there wasn't 25 or 30 ladies that were making a decent living. Right. And and you know you're playing the number one tour in the world and, and to make things uh, work financially and you can't really you know a lot of them couldn't really afford a hotel room they're staying with host families and traveling together and and it, it was um it, it was uh really sad to see and, and so um um every time I ever got a chance to, when when it came up purse levels listen they got it they got to we got to raise them uh for, for ladies golf and I, I would use the example of uh, the USTA, uh, the men and the women will get paid the, the same amount of money if you win the U.S. Open in tennis. And sure. and I said, you know what, the USGA needs to lead on this. And and you know they they never would. I got a lot of kickback. And and but now finally those purse levels are starting to to rise. And and I'm thrilled to see it for the ladies. And you know there's a lot more than 30 out there now that are making a real good living for, you know, being one of the best in the world. If you're, if you're top 100 in the world in anything, you ought to be making a great living. They weren't now they are. Um, and, and, uh, I I think it's wonderful to see what's happening with LPGA golf worldwide.
0: Yes, I do too. So, you know, we, they used to call it golf silly season and now we've got some made for TV events like the, you know, the father, son deal, the, the match, if you will, I wanted to get your take on those. You know, we just saw Tiger and Rory play Jordan and Justin, and, and it was fun. I will. I watched it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, they throw some digs at each other and they, you know, don't concede putts when they, when they normally would just fun, things like that. I want to get your take on those. And do you think it's good for the game?
2: yeah I, th- I think it's good for the game, especially when you're starting to involve Tom Brady or Tom or uh, uh, Peyton Manning, you're bringing some some celebrities in. i I enjoyed watching uh, those matches. i I don't know how long they'll have a run. You know, it seems like when the first two or three, everybody wants to see it, and it's new and it's shiny. um and and uh, it seems like maybe the viewership is down a little bit on that. Maybe they you know need need to look at tweaking it a little bit. But the, and you mentioned the father son, which is uh, um, Grand Lakes, Orlando, my former home course when I was with Golf Channel in Orlando, a really neat place with the, the Ritz and the JW Marriott there. I mean, the father son just can't miss TV, you know, but just right. if, but nothing else just for <laughs> Tiger and Charlie Woods. Right. Um, and and uh, so I, I think those events are fun. I. I I remember, and I missed it. I was thinking this Thanksgiving, I I didn't really find a whole lot of golf I wanted to watch. I mean, I remember the old skins game. You know, it'd go, yep. it'd go out. You know, you'd play the stadium course at PGA West, and nobody had ever seen anything like that. And um, all the top announcers were there, and Lee Trevino was there, running his mouth. and And that was sort of, uh, and I mean that in a positive because Nobody runs his mouth better than Lee Trevino. Right. He's one of my heroes. But it, it was just sort of can't miss TV. And, and um, that, of course, that sort of ran its course. But what's going to be interesting is next year, this Monday night programming that, that Tiger is involved with, that Roy's involved with, they're going to be in uh, arenas, it's going to use technology, uh, the, the live TV, Mike McCarley, who was my president when I was at Golf Channel, is, is running it. There's a lot, of, a lot of smart people involved in this, this Monday night stadium simulator i don't i don't have any idea how they're going to do it but i think that's going to get a lot of eyeballs and especially if you look at how many young people are coming to the game through top golf and simulator golf and all that sort of thing so i I think that's got a chance to, to 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 really ignite a lot of young people in the game just because it's completely different than anything we've ever seen
0: well and they grew up with technology you and i didn't you know we we were behind the learning curve when we got our first cell phone and you take yeah. a you take a fifteen year old now, and he's been or she have been doing it since they were two, you know. Exactly. Not just with video games on the TV, or but they have phones, they have laptops, tablets, what have you. Um, I think it's a smart move myself. To- yeah, I do too. Yeah, when I was a
2: kid, the only two toys I had were my, my Tonka truck and my pee-pee. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that's all i needed i didn't know i needed anything else yeah well
0: <laughs> you know growing up on the farm it was usually me on the end of a, a long-handled cleaning instrument you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. Out there, out there with yeah. a wheelbarrow that was shoveling
2: it yeah. shoveling it yeah. that,
0: those were my toys like that and things haven't changed you're
2: still shoveling it you're just I'm shoveling still different sho- things
0: Different tools, but it still works for some reason like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all good. Uh we're gonna take another break and when we come back, <clears throat> um Bruce Furman's gonna jump in for a second and give us his golf tip of the week. Then we're gonna talk to Charlie about some things and then the after hours. I created a lightning round, which I do on my other shows. And I finally did it for the golf show. And we're going to put Charlie through the lightning round in the after hours. So we're going to be doing that. We're going to take a break here on Grilling at the Green. And we'll be right back after these messages. Hi, everybody. It's JT. And this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Brilliant Dream. Today our is the world famous Charlie Reimer is our guest, but first we're going to get a little golf tip from Bruce Furman, the uh, director of golf at Langdon Farms.
1: Okay, this is Bruce Furman. I'm the director of instruction out at Langdon Farms. I'm going to give you a tip to how to put spin on your ball. You see the pros a lot of times and the ball will spin back sometimes way too much. And a lot of times amateurs can't do that very well. And there's a number of things that it It takes to be able to put spin on the ball first the course factors have to be in your favor you have to have softer greens because of watering or rain the green needs to be banked more into you you need to be have the wind either negligible or into you, not downwind and then what kind of ball are you using Um, there's different types of balls that some um, uh, spin a lot more than others some are harder more for distance those are definitely harder to spin and then there's some club factors, uh, particularly with your wedges. Are your wedges more on the new side, where you have good grooves, or are they worn down? If those if those grooves are worn down, it's a lot harder to to spin the ball. So one thing also that you have to do is to hit hit center contact, make hit the ball right in the sweet spot. And if you do that with some uh, club head speed, that helps you hit backspin. The the angle of attack, as we call it, must be the, the correct angle. So you have to hit down on the ball, hitting the ball first. If you hit the turf a little bit first, you're not going to get much spin. You can certainly hit too much down on the ball. Uh, so that can be a problem. And if you hit too much down, that'll hit high on the club and it won't have too much spin. But we do want to have a, we call it a downward angle of attack where we hit the ball first and so that means your weight has to be on your front leg the handle has to be forward of the club head and you're you're going to catch it right in the middle of the club face on a on a slightly descending blow and if you do that that'll create spin and that'll stop the ball I hope that helps.
0: Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate that. And like I said, if you want to find out more about Bruce, you can go to the LangdonFarms.com, click on Instruction, and there is Mr. Furman himself. You can book a lesson or do a clinic with him, or you can even write him a note, and I'm sure he will answer it. So we're with uh, Charlie today. And if I was to ask you what was the one biggest thing you think that's happened outside of Live Golf for the last couple of years in golf, what would that be?
2: I, I mean, I, I still think the most watchable thing in golf is Tiger Woods doing anything. You know, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Um, you know, when, when he shows up at an event, even if he's not playing, he gets all the eyeballs and, and um, just, just watching him trying to put it back together and get competitive and show, um, you know, little glimpses of of who he was and maybe who he might be again. Um, I, I, that's just the number one thing in golf, all things Tiger Woods, you know, and we were talking about the father son in a previous segment, you know, and, 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 you watching Charlie and Tiger, you know, I mean, Tiger's a show in golf and, and, and there's really not a close second And, and there hasn't been for since 1997. Right. And, and, um, it, it's, uh, uh, you know, he doubles or triples just about everything that, that he does. And and it'll continue to be that way as long as he shows up to play a, an event here and there.
0: I'm rooting for him. I hope he can get – I don't know if it's possible with the damage he's got to that after the car wreck, but I'm rooting for him because I'd just like to see him play on the regular tour until he's 50 or what, whatever he chooses. But yeah. But like you said – I'm, I'm guilty of that too, Charlie, when I know Tiger's doing something, I'm watching. That's me. yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, people will, I can remember being at golf channel and every now and then I'd make the mistake of checking my phone in the office and, you know, it would be, you, you know, you, you, you don't show enough of, of Tiger Woods. We don't <laughs> care about these other players. And then, and then it would be somebody that said, I don't care about Tiger Woods show all the other players I'm going to not watch if you keep showing tiger and I go, yeah, we'll see how that works. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, you're gonna, you might say you're not going to watch, but you're going to watch tiger. I mean, you just are. Yeah. And, and, uh, it, it's, uh, I can remember, um, I for years was the lead analyst, um, for radio for, for the masters and tiger coming back after the fire hydrant. Um, my broadcast position was right behind 18 green, which is really close to one T and just, you know, the whole world stopped and watched tiger um you know his first T ball post um um fire hydrant, you know. Yeah. And it was just 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 amazing. And then I was there on the call when, you know, when 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 he won a couple of years later with Mike Tirico was a host and and um um you know right in front of me Tiger Woods is winning the most unprobable major championship maybe ever won. You know, it is just it's just drama about him all the time at all times
0: we'll be back next week with another edition of grilling at the green i'm gonna get you know what i i've got a partner in my barbecue show now leanne whippen who's a hall of famer she lives down in florida maybe we'll all meet at your house and and do a cooking show there one day how's that
2: game on get... I, i'm as long as we can do some
0: eating afterwards i'm in oh it'll bring a shirt that's the only thing i can say <laughs> I'll bring a clean shirt Thanks for being with us today, and remember, go out there, and play some golf, and be kind. Take care, everybody. Rolling at the
1: Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, All Rights Reserved.